0: oh yeah oh yeah can I get up what's up enterprisers welcome to another episode of the enterprise now podcast where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur we talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand I'm your host LZ the mayor now let's get to it So, Janae, thank you so much for uh, taking some time out to talk with us today. (laughs) (laughs) I get this energy, like, you're like, what are you going to ask me?
1: (laughs) I'm ready. I'm ready. Go
0: on. (laughs) You are more than ready. It's going to be great. Um, So the first thing I always like to do before we get into the good stuff, because I know there's a lot of good stuff coming.
1: Uh
0: Can I get an oh yeah?
1: Oh yeah.
0: Perfect, perfect. (laughs) So give me a brief two-minute version of resilience consultancy. How did you get to where you are today?
1: Well, I've been, you know, in the corporate world and, you know, Every business has their quirks, their problems. So, I mean, we're going to get past that. But when you like dive deep, it's because people are so used to doing things a certain way and they don't think about how efficient it is. They just it works. So we're going to keep doing it. So my job when I was there was like. This is not going to work for me. Like, I can't work like this. I can't work slowly. I can't work where it's going to take me this much time when I know it can be quicker. I know it can be faster. So every corporate job I went into with the mindset of, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to make it better. And that was what I needed to, you know, start my own business. Because if I can do that for other people, why not do it for myself, for business and get paid for it? Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. So tell me about some of the roles that you've had over the years in corporate.
1: So like. And
0: we can can compare war stories.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was in banking. And okay. you know how banking is, you know. I was in law firms, you know, and it's just I was in collection agencies.
0: So why? So oh. I've been
1: everywhere. McDonald's. So why'd you
0: choose? The, those are like the most. And if you're in banking, I'm I'm looking at the people now. If you're in banking or in finance, yeah, I mean it's with the best intentions. Why'd you pick so such a such boring <laughs> places like a bank? Of all, I'm, you know, there's nothing exciting about a bank, mm-hmm. so. What's your background that got you into that that path?
1: My mom worked in a bank. Okay.
0: <laughs> Sorry, mom. I, I I'm let scratch that from the record. I didn't mean any of it.
1: <laughs> My mom worked in a bank. So of course she's gonna give me a job in the bank. Got you it. know? So yep, yep. I mean that's what happened.
0: <laughs> got it. Okay. So where'd you go to school?
1: I went to Marquette. So like I'm not doing well, I'm doing a little bit of what's in my field. You know, I have a background in law. So like I use my analytical skills in business. Okay. And, you know, I just transitioned, it would be like business law,
0: if you would call it. So background in law, did you, you did you graduate with a law degree? What did you study?
1: So I did criminology and law studies. And I did some studies in um, business, Loyola as well. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool, cool. And then out of college, you landed. So you're a Milwaukee person. You've been born and raised? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you landed where out of college?
1: I landed trying to take my LSAT so I can get into law school. But I had to have a job, you know, because I had my, you know, my first child, my daughter. So I just had to get to work. So I was working at banks and on um, collection agencies and law firms trying to make ends meet. And because I wasn't doing my dream, I had to find a way to make it through. And the way to make it through was to make it more efficient for me. <laughs> you know, the faster I can get in and get out, the better.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. talk, talk about that a little bit. What are some of the ways, some of the mindsets? Cause I, I remember being in corporate. My, I'm a recovered engineer. And seeing the way that things were done, like I, I understood it. But it frustrated me at the same time is because it's like, we can't innovate. We're super inefficient. It takes forever to make decisions. And, you know, I I watch people get promoted that didn't deserve it. I watched the politics and I was like, you know, I have a choice. I can do this for 25 more years and maybe get an opportunity at leadership position or I could quit and do my own thing and take my chances. So that's what I decided to do. What was your mindset going into it? Like when you recognized that not only can I do this for them, but I can do it for myself.
1: So what was so funny is the last law firm I worked for, they had a consultant, you know, exactly what I did. And like, she was just micromanaging and she wasn't really fixing problems. She was just, I don't know, just messing stuff up worse. And I was just like, I can do this so much better. And you know, I was just check- taking cues. Like when you have a bad experience, that's what you learn from. And people don't understand, like even in business, when you have a bad experience, you need to learn from it. You need to grow from it. You need to find out what were the problems and what we can do to solve them so it can be better for the next customer. So I just wanted to, a better experience for any kind of, you know, corporation or any kind of small business that does hire a consultant and they want their business to be better, not just micromanaged.
0: Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that you saw that the consultant did that he or she could have probably done better outside of the micromanaging? <laughs> And not fixing actual issues.
1: <laughs> so when it comes to solving problems in a business, I believe in solving them within. So asking your employees, the people that are on the ground, what do you think will make this more efficient? What do you think will make this process better? Because they know they work with the machines. They work with, you know, the materials, So they know what would make it better, better than some consultant that you just brought in and think they know everything.
0: Why do you think people, because I agree with you a thousand percent, both hands and both feet up. Why do you think people don't do that? And and I try to both when I was in, in leadership and in, in, in corporate and now running my own thing, I try to do that as much as possible. Ask the people who actually do the thing. How can we make the thing better? Why do you think people don't do that?
1: So it's a fight between expertise and experience. And we're always fighting that battle, but it should always be like a middle ground, like expertise and experience. And I just think people need to trust experience more. Then they trust expertise because sometimes, you know, people have expertise, but they really don't know the industry. So you have to keep that in mind. I think I had this concept in my mind. It's called like stealth consultant. And, you know, um, they have the show where the boss acts like he's like a regular employee and he comes in and he actually sees how things work. I was
0: watching Undercover Boss literally the other day. I love that show.
1: (laughs) They should have a consultant do that because you can really find out how things are really going like when they hire a consultant like I think a lot of people get kind of leery like they don't want to tell them anything because they think like they might get rid of their job or something like that but if you go in as a stealth consultant like an employee then they're not all caught off guard and they see like you're trying to help them and make things better I mean that's what the point of you know being a consultant is to help the business
0: Mm -hmm. how do you Navigate that because you're absolutely right. When consultants come in, there's this fear that they're going to eliminate their job. And so people that are on the team, they don't want to share the information because they don't want their job to be eliminated. How do you navigate that?
1: Well, I think the primary purpose would be reminding people that people are the most important thing in business no matter what no matter anything so we're always going to need people in order to do the business so it shouldn't be about that it should be about identifying key players in each process to make it work I mean you might not be good in the position you're in but I'm sure it's another position in the company that you can do better you know with your skill set so it's just about finding where you're supposed to be in that company not necessarily eliminating you because you're not needed.
0: Is that the work of the leader? Because I I found that sometimes if you lead well, people trust you. And so when you say that, okay, we're going to bring in this this consultant to make us more efficient, there's a trust that happens there. And I I found that when that that trust is lacking between the team and that first line leader, it makes it really, really, really difficult to communicate that message and and be effective.
1: So, Leading, as I was telling my son earlier, is about how you followed before you were leading. So if they see you, you know, in a management position and they see that you're following the directives of the consultant, they'll be able to trust the consultant more because they understand that you're following somebody. So they should follow you. So just lead by example.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what's your secret sauce? What is the thing that makes what you do different from anybody else? I guess two, twofold. Mm-hmm. talk a little bit about what it is that you do mm-hmm. and what makes you different.
1: So a lot of consultants or coaches, they they tell you what to do. And I'm not the tell you what to do. I'm going to help you do it. I'm going to be your accountability partner, but I'm going to help you do what you need to do so you can do it for yourself. I'm going to be on you like, okay, this is what we need to do. I will do this much work and you pull in your weight, but... At the same time, we're working together towards a time and goal. That's what it is.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you found that to cause frustrations or is that you're so great at what you do that it's just smooth sailing?
1: You know, no one likes being accountable for their part. That's what it is. So, I mean, that is the pushback because, you know, like when somebody gets in your face like, OK, I did my part. Where's your part? You know, that's kind of like accountability, you know, so. Nobody likes that part. But then when they think about it at the end, they're like, thank you for pushing me. Thank you. Because if you wouldn't have came to me like I got my part, where's your part? Then they wouldn't have thought about it. Like, I'm really not pulling my weight, Mm -hmm. you know, in my own business. And I need to start putting my best foot forward.
0: Mm -hmm. And so you're working mostly with business owners. Right. So these are people who they know their stuff. They're the head honchos. And so to go in and tell the, the boss that they need to do things can be challenging.
1: Well, yeah, I work with small business owners and I work with large corporations. So, yeah, nobody likes being told like, yeah, this is not the most efficient thing. But just being open. I mean... You want to know why your profits plateau. You want to know why you weren't ready for this big contract and it just slipped through the cracks, all the money. You want to know why these things are happening. And the reasons are because, you know, you don't have things, frameworks in place, systems and processes to be able to handle this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So this is the part I get excited. Now, I'll tell you why. I was so I'm an operations guy in my latter part of my, my career. And so I was in charge of managing the P&L. Mm-hmm. And suffice it to say, a lot of times people focus a lot on the top line. Sometimes they'll focus on the bottom line, Mm -hmm. but not many people focus on the stuff that happens in the middle. Mm -hmm. Talk about that a little bit. Why is it so important that we're focused on the the processes, the procedures and the efficiencies?
1: Well, (laughs) as I talked about earlier, you know, like when you get a customer complaint, it usually has to do with a process, you know, like you didn't do something efficiently, you didn't return this item, this item was faulty, something like that, you know, or this service, Um, this service took s- too long, you know, um, I booked my appointment, my time got taken, something like that. So anytime there's a complaint, it has to do with the process. And people just try to be like, okay, we'll give you a credit, we'll give you this, we give you that, but they never really look at what is the real problem. The problem is in the process, it's how we're doing things, because if we were doing things the right way, this wouldn't happen. Basically.
0: I love that. The problem is in the process. So give us a framework. How do we start to if I'm I'm a business owner, I'm watching this, listening to this, what's one thing, a framework that I can implement today?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, at first what I do is I start with a goal. So like it could be a time goal or it could be a money goal. So like I've been trying to focus on strategic planning. So once you have a goal in mind, then you can get down the steps of how we can achieve that goal. And then obviously you have the outcome, which is the solution. So basically, if you don't have a customer complaint as a problem, you know, you have to make a goal in your mind. Let's say you want to save like a million dollars, Because you don't want to lay off employees. Now, if you don't want to do something, you're going to do everything in your power not to do it. So you're going to break down the process. What can I do here, here, and here? What are you going to do? You're going to try to streamline all your processes, see what systems you can implement, You know, as far as making your process better, more um, efficient, you're going to identify those key players so that you know what person goes where so we can make this process run as smoothly as possible. And then after that, you'll be able to make your goals. So it's just about growth and just understanding what you need to do.
0: Mm -hmm. So you talked a little bit about, I heard leadership when you're talking people, where people belong processes, having a process in place to know that the process is not working, I've found that sometimes people, they don't know that their processes are broken. So talk a little bit about how you identify the the efficiency level of your process. How do you know if you're at a 70% or 80% or 90%?
1: (laughs) I think for me, like even when I was in the corporate world, I, I was, it was like the first day I was on this job, it was at a law firm. And they taught me this process. And then I started doing it. And I was like, Mm-mm. I didn't know anything about this process. I was like, this needs to be faster. There has got to be a faster way. And if somebody can come in, they don't know anything about this process and say, there has to be a faster way, then there's something wrong with the process, you know? And people don't understand like the faster the process, the more time you have to make money. So you want to gain time because that's something that, You're losing day by day. You can't gain it back. So you need to find ways to save time so that you can make more money.
0: How much is training a part of that, both internally from the uh, corporate level all the way down to the individual
1: contributor? I am so glad you asked that. Training is so important. And I think we take training so lightly. Um, I talk about in a lot of my posts about standard operating procedures. And I actually learned about those actually from banking. And banking, they have a standard operating procedure for every process they have in the bank. Because they have to. Because that's what they need when they get audited. So like banking law firms have that but then you go into a regular business owner company and they don't have a process written down for something there's something wrong with that how are you going to train somebody what if you're not there what if you call in sick what if you go on vacation you can't delegate and then you're all you always have to be there and then you're overworked so I think training is about having the steps of a process written down and that is the key in training so you can be able to delegate.
0: Mm-hmm. You're speaking my language. So is part of what you do auditing your clients when you first start the engagement just to see, number one, do they have SOPs? If they do, what, what are, what's the quality of those SOPs?
1: I mean, I guess you could call it like an audit. I mean... Audit is such a bad word. You know, no one likes to be audited, but you have to look at things. I mean, a lot of business owners try to turn the other cheek and they don't want to look at stuff because they know how ugly it's going to look. But you have to look at your stuff. And I, I make them like, no, this is what we're going to do. We're going to look at every single process. We're going to break it down into steps. And it's going to be hard, but at the end, it's going to be rewarding.
0: Mm-hmm. So what's your pitch to them? to Because training takes... And people will tell you, they'll say, yes, I know that that I need to develop training. I need to train my people, but it takes time. And then, you know, time that they're training, they're not doing work. And so how do you how do you reconcile that?
1: Well, I said before, the standard operating procedures. So once you have like a written manual of the steps of each process, you can show somebody once you can give them the book. And then they can do it themselves. That cuts down training time. That cuts down training costs. But a lot of people don't do it that way. They do it the, well, watch me do this for a couple days and then you'll just catch on. Like, it's not assimilation. People don't just catch on. I mean, I know every job that I went to, crazy enough, I would write notes when I was training. And people thought I was crazy because I was the only one writing notes. No, I need to know this like the back of my hand. I don't want to have to ask you every time I... (laughs) You know, so, I mean, that's just the key, just writing stuff down and training so that somebody else can see it so they don't need you can mm-hmm, mm-hmm. actually delegate it.
0: So what other parts of um, resiliency are, are there? We talked a little bit about the SLPs, the management. What else do you guys do?
1: <laughs> the, well, <laughs> I mean, we have, like, um, debt management part. You know, I help with that as far as, like— um, If you need help getting, you know, managing your debt, getting your debt sum in order, as far as like if someone owes you a debt in your business, how to collect on that debt, especially like for service providers and things of that nature. So I handle that kind of stuff. I do a lot of other stuff, but those are like the two main things.
0: Got it. Got (laughs) it. So what's your favorite thing to do in your business? (laughs) What's the thing that like when you when you get to do it, it it, like brings you the most joy? I I have this thing, uh, Joy Meter. And it, it dictates a lot of the things that I do and that I don't do. I don't do anything that's not at least an eight on my joy meter. How about you?
1: Well, I think anything that I do that I get to analyze and find the problems and the solutions, writing down steps. I love steps. I love processes. That's my joy. So, but that could be a lot of things. You know, there's steps in a recipe. I, I love recipes. So, I mean, it's a lot of things.
0: So you were the kid that when they gave you that question, all right, guys, I need you to write down the steps to make a peanut butter sandwich sandwich. You're, you're like, oh, I got this. And you're like writing all the things and you have the little pictures and, and yours is perfect where mine was like, I don't know, you get bread <laughs> and you put peanut butter on the bread and you put it together. That, how do you write that out in the process?
1: That's so funny. You know, I wasn't that weird. <laughs> But I didn't say it was weird. I did write notes off of my notes, like I'm that person. Like I can see something and I can remember it. So if I write notes off of my notes, I'm gonna remember exactly what I needed to know for the test. So, I mean, yeah,
0: (laughs) got it. So, you are a Milwaukee born and raised. What is your favorite thing about Milwaukee?
1: The lake. <laughs> well, my family's here, too. So, yeah. yeah, The even, lake and my family. Yeah,
0: Even though right now, um, at the time of this recording, it's literally like 40-something degrees, and it's not, it's not, at least it's sunny. Okay? <laughs> it's the Clear light. skies,
1: maybe <laughs> blue. Yeah, 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 but I think, yeah, the lake, the lake is nice. And then just knowing that it's a lot of people here that I didn't know were here, that I'm able to connect with, you know, like I was saying in my post on LinkedIn, like I would have never known, you know, you were here and, you know, Jackie Hermans is here. And it's a lot of people that moved, um, you know, but were here that, you know, it's like great minds in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people just like Milwaukee, what is that? But Milwaukee is like little Chicago. Don't hate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Got it. What is the biggest business lesson that you've learned?
1: I think... The biggest lesson in business is to fail at different businesses. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So just finding your your niche and um, honing in on it. I think when I started out, I started too big. Like, I can do everything. I'm so smart. But then when I started, like, okay, what can I do expertly? and focus on that and even though everybody is not going to come to me the people who need me will come to me Mm -hmm. and just to be okay with that because they're the ones that are going to pay you're not going to have to convince them well i know how to do this i know how to do that they're going to pay
0: so Mm -hmm. just knowing that so now i'm curious what are some of the businesses that we've tried that are no longer with us today (laughs)
1: You know, I'm not going to say any ones that I did, like, recently, no. <laughs> but, no, like, when I was younger, like, I tried Cutco Vector. I don't know if you knew about the knives.
0: Uh, okay, okay. Yeah,
1: um, I did Amway. Okay. I did Mary Kay. And it wasn't that it was anything against those. It was just I needed to sell something that was me. Mm-hmm. And Amway products, Mary Kay products, Cutco knives was not Janae. And it's, it's so much easier to sell something that's yours rather than when it's somebody else's. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think there's something to be said about authenticity, passion, and loving what you do. It's, it's palpable. People can sense that. I'll share, share some of the ones I've done. So I've done, I don't even go to how many the different <laughs> jobs I've had. We, we would be here all day. So I had a, um, I, I run a record label. I did a music production business. Mm -hmm. I've actually owned a minor league basketball team at one time. And that was really fun. Oh, okay. Lost a lot of money.
1: (laughs) It was really stressful. (laughs) It was fun, though. (laughs) It was fun. Learned a lot.
0: Um, So I've done a lot of different things. And I think to your point, what I've learned is you have to be able to, number one, recognize when it didn't work. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to grab the lesson. And not only grab the lesson, but apply the lesson. You know, now I'm as an entrepreneur, I know myself so much better because of those failures. And I know what I don't want to do, especially well. Like I can say no with a straight face, flat footed now, whereas before it's like, well, maybe I can. And yeah, I was like, no. And this is a complete <laughs> sentence. <laughs> so if you had to give a piece of advice, somebody who's listening to this, what would that be?
1: Don't be prideful as a business owner. We all need help there's no perfect business. I mean even businesses that are making lots of money, they're not perfect in their processes, they're not perfect with their employees. So just look at it as I'm not going to be in denial anymore. I want to make my business better and what do I need to do to do that? Mm-hmm. Just be mm-hmm. real with yourself. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I'm I'm borrowing this concept, right? But um my version is the 1%, right? Mm-hmm if i can get better 1% every single day then that's getting better 365% in a year right and so no matter if i'm at this level or that level if i can just get better by 1% every single day that's that's always my goal cool cool what is one life lesson that you've learned
1: <laughs> um i would say take your time take your time cuz i mean you rush into a lot of stuff when you're young and it's just take your time, plan it out. And even if it doesn't go as planned, just be ready to pivot. I mean, I'm a planner. I love planning. And it freaks me out when stuff doesn't go as planned. But I learned as a business owner that when stuff doesn't go as planned, that doesn't mean don't make a plan. Mm-hmm. That means pivot and be okay with the pivot. Be okay with the change. And that's how we have to be in life. Mm-hmm. We can plan, but just be okay if you have to pivot and make a change. because then. You'll be happier.
0: (laughs) Got it. So my curiosity won't let me not ask this question. So in business, what was the last pivot that you can share? So you had your Uh plan. like You was like, all right, this is going to work this way, this way. What happened and how did you pivot?
1: Well, I had to niche down. That was my last pivot. I had to niche down and I had to change my name because I – I changed business partners. So I had to change my name and I had to niche down. And that was a a real change for me because like when you're in business, like you're building the ball as it rolls, you know, so you don't know exactly what you need to do because this is something new for you. And you just have to give yourself grace because, I mean, with every day, it was coming more clarity. And with more clarity, I was able to, you know, know my niche and be able to hone in on it so I can get my target market to buy for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, what was that process for you? So you told me you're a planner. Uh-huh. What did you do? Did you jot it down in your Google Drive? <laughs> I'm, let me. I want to get inside the mind of Janae. Like, what's the step one? He's like, okay, you realize you need to pivot. Uh-huh. Business partner we won't go there. Okay. Um, something happened there, and now we have to pivot. Well, step one. What did you? What did you do?
1: Well, I mean, I got my name, so I was like, okay, this is my name, and then from there. I started, okay, what does this name mean? Resilience. Resilience, when I thought about that, it was a sunflower growing out of cracked concrete, cement. And it's resilient because it can still grow out of that. It can still flourish. So you have to think of it that way. Like, how can I pivot to make better? What steps I need to take? And I just... I write down everything. I write down the steps to everything. And then if it doesn't go as planned, like I said, it doesn't go as planned. But at least I have some steps to go by, a Mm -hmm. guide. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, are you a person that has backup plans? Like, is there a plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G?
1: You know what? (laughs) H-I-K You're not in my head right now. Look, I, I do have at least a plan and a contingency plan mm-hmm. you know so I, I will say that but i don't i don't go as far as like plan c's i i, I got at least two plans though
0: at least two okay <laughs> got, it. <laughs> got it well it's been fantastic talking with you um if people want to reach out to you to learn more about what you do who you are or to say hi how can they do that
1: well uh you can catch me on linkedin i'm posting mostly every day you can dm me there i also have resilience consult that's my website so you can see me on there just reach out i mean even if it's not for you know like to set up a, a like a consult or anything like that if you have a question just reach out i'm here
0: cool cool thank you so much again Janae.
1: thank you lz for having me
0: If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern?